Hello and welcome back, Reinforced Running Podcast, or if it's your first time, just just welcome, plain and simple. So today we have a fun episode where Josh and I, we give you our top five books on training. We enjoy learning about training, and if you're listening to this podcast, I assume you like learning about training as well. And who doesn't love lists, right? So I'm fired up to bring this to you, um, but I'm also fired up to introduce something new that we will be doing with the podcast. So we want to connect with you, the listener, uh, even deeper and give you some real actionable advice. Uh, that will help you as an athlete. So we're introducing the training audit episodes. And this is something we're going to be doing from time to time. So we can take a a look at the listeners, you, your training, and give you specific details on items that you can add or remove in your training. And we're going to discuss them on podcast episodes. So it'll work like this. If you click the link in the show notes below that says training audit application, Fill that, fill that all out, submit the form. It should only take about a minute or two. Then we'll take a select few applicants that we think have a compelling case and we'll talk about them on an episode and we'll reach out to you to get some more information before we kind of dive in because of course there is more nuance. So we'll be able to have a conversation with you and then we'll be able to discuss things that will help you in your training. Uh, it is completely free and it's just a way to thank you for tuning in to us. And we've had some really cool momentum going. Things are growing. We really enjoy the process of this podcast. So we just want to connect with you, the listener. So hit that link in the show notes, apply, and then we'll talk about you on your training on an episode. So again, thanks a ton for listening. We really do appreciate it. And now we'll bring in our top five books for training with my homie, Josh Reed. Okay, hello. What's up, Josh? Here we are. We are back. HHMC in the house. So we have a cool episode that we've been like kind of kicking around for a while and and talking about, you know, we always spitball about the different resources that we have going on. So we want to give people our top five uh, training resources. And this is kind of spread across all different avenues of training. So we have some things on mindset and some ones that are specifically endurance, some strength ones. Um, but first, like, we, we were really, um, we've just been kind of brainstorming this idea of, of having a training audit that we do on the podcast. So the training audit is for you guys, the listeners to submit questions about your specific training to us. And then on the podcast, we'll give you some actionable things that you can do. Um, so this is going to be pretty cool. So I haven't m- made an intro. I'll get more details on what the intro during the intro, which I haven't recorded yet. So now I have to do that. Um, so Josh, what do you think? What do you think? So I just created this accountability for myself to do this, which is great. Um, yeah, so I'm excited about it. What do you think about the the training audit? I think it's pretty sweet. I mean, I think that everyone listening can take the time out, go fill it out because I mean, at the very least, I mean, we're going to choose a few people out of it. I think is uh, the consensus between us right now. But for those of you that we maybe do not choose to take a look at and get back to, uh, you still get to kind of fill this thing out and and see down on paper what you're doing. It's just going to make you think about your training and that might be illuminating for you on your own. Exactly. And just kind of having that process to be like, okay, maybe this is a whole because that's kind of what the the sheet is. There's a sheet right in the show notes here. Um, also put it in a link in our profiles for our, uh, in our social medias, which will, um, tag in the show notes as well. Um, but really just kind of goes through and talks about what you consider your limiters, what you think you can do specifically to get better for your main goal and, and telling us your goal, because we spend a lot of time talking about ways in which you can get faster and, and improve your, your endurance performance. But there is nuance to things um, where your specific situation where some of the things we're talking about might help. And um, so we want to give more direct action that you can take. And, and we found that there is also specific buckets. So like if, if 
we do an audit on one person, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of relatable information that will come across to all the listeners. So really, we just want to connect with you a little bit deeper, um, really make sure we know what issues arise. And so we can provide the best content for you because we like to read books and, and do research on things like endurance training. So, um, yeah, so I think this is gonna be really cool. So check the link in the show notes. Um, and just, you can click that and fill out the form. It should take a couple, couple minutes and then we will reach out if you are selected and we'll do a couple of these over the next, the course of the next couple months. And I think it'll be pretty fun to connect with use guys how we say here in philadelphia to the listeners so use guys use guys um so yeah we were talking about the ways that we consume our content typically and josh you said you're more audio are you more of like an audio learner you think you know it it depends when i when i was in high school i was uh, i was busy daydreaming looking outside dreaming of like being in the mountains or something like living out in a cabin but uh, i do find myself these days taking in information through audiobooks whether i've just trained myself that way um but yeah audiobooks podcasts things that i can do while moving and doing other things and studies do show that if you are say going for a walk while taking in information you may be more likely to retain that information. There's some sort of uh, connection between your, whether it's, I don't know if it's the hormones in your body at the point in time due to the light exercise, but there's there's a connection between learning and movement. Hmm. I've heard that as well as like doing, like, like consuming content and then running directly after, exercising directly after. And I found when I do that, it's just because that, that's what's fresh in my mind. And when it's just me and myself and my thoughts, like I'm able to kind of rework the things that I just consumed direct, like while I'm running, which I think is helpful. Um, but yeah, I, I also in high school, I was more like, you know, there's visual audio type learners and um, what's the other ones like tactile or whatever it is, experiential mm-hmm. learners. I was just like anti-learning in high school. I had no idea how I was, what my learning like and look at you now and look at us now we're on a podcast um so but like since then because i i prefer to consume audio as well um it's just easier like i said there's there's like people just cram packed with things to do it's nice to have on your run it's nice to do while you're exercising or just like doing dishes or whatever Um, but i found i just don't retain information that well through audio like i just i i will i will catch concepts Mm -hmm. but everything else is just kind of like i I heard this um, and it's also a little bit less in depth for me because I need to like really kind of get in and dig into it. So I'm actually more of, I need to speak it, which is helpful on this platform and to really kind of have things really seep in and stay. And also like writing, it helps as well. Um, And that's where like the, the reading and then I will go back and like kind of write out what it is that I had just uh, like learned. Um, and that really helps my specific style on that. Nice. Um, yeah, man, you're, you're covering the bases there. Jim quick would be super proud of you. Yeah. Right. You're, you're reading, you're taking it in visually and then you speak it. So you're, you're actually like, right. You're, you're speaking it out. Your brain has to formulate the words and you speak it, but then you also take it in audio right through the ears when you speak it. So there's like a feedback loop there oh. and then writing it hmm. down, you're acting it out. And again, you're taking it back in your eyes. So there's a bunch of feed positive feedback loops that learning process yeah well and in high school it was just it was either like you had to consume it through lecture or you had to read it and i don't do well on 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 either of those things and uh i was i was saying before every every so often like every it probably is already six months or so maybe six months maybe once a year i'll get 
uh, consumed with this idea of speed reading because I read really slow and I, I like verbalize everything in my brain and I need to go over the concepts and like my focus isn't always really connected with what I'm with that, what, what I'm reading. So it needs to be like really intense. It's like the first thing I do in the day, if I'm going to have any chance to like con- consume and, and, and retain it. So I get like obsessed with this idea of speed reading. It's like, oh, okay. If I could take my, my consumption from 200 words, per minute to like 1200 because they, they the numbers they put out there are crazy like it's like oh you can you can read 2000 words a minute which is essentially just like glazing down the page and just flipping it um i'm like that would be great and then That's if i could crazy read- i'm like is that dependent on the type of information are we talking textbooks is this fiction is it non-fiction it depends and like it, it depends like what the concept like there's a couple different f- like thoughts behind that. So sometimes there's like every paragraph you go through and you just kind of, so you're not supposed to verbalize the words, right? So if you're looking at it and you're using a pacer, which is like your finger or uh, a pencil. So you just are, are seeing the words. You're supposed to visualize what the words mean and just kind of create a picture in your brain instead of speaking the words and then trying to connect it all together. So there's a couple of, of thoughts where it's like, if you do the speed reading and then at the end of the paragraph, you can kind of like, put it into like your memory bank and just be like, okay, what did I just read? Okay. And I'm not on to the next thing. And there's other thoughts of like, literally just skim all the way through it and don't take notes. Don't stop. Just go through it. Just read it as fast as you can. And then um, the retention will eventually just kind of catch up. So it ends up being kind of like a practice of, of just doing it and, and, and letting this whole process take a hold of you. Um, so every, like, yeah, like once a year, I'll like buy an online course, I'll get a book on speed reading. And then I just like, don't do it. <laughs> like I'll do it for a little bit. I'm like, this is great, but it's just the consistency of making it happen <clears throat> because reading is hard, man. It Yo, takes a right? time. It's training and that speed reading, like it's, it's kind of stressful because you're doing what the, you know, the program tells you to do, which is just like read real fast, skim. But at the end you think, oh, I didn't, I didn't retain anything. And like, I don't know if this is right for me. Maybe I should slim this a little bit or it's kind of. It's kind of uncomfortable in a unique learning way. Right. And like, it's like some of the content and the content that I read, I find is important. And I, I don't necessarily read for pleasure. Most of the reading that we do is the, is the kind of things that we're going to touch on in this podcast. And so like, I want it to sink in. And so every, so I want every word and I want to like stop and like, make sure I understand what's happening. But the speed reading, it's more of like, okay, you might have to go back and, and, and redo it. Um, And so I don't really read for pleasure. So I don't really have that chance to just skim through stuff um but I yes, also, it's the consistency do you ever uh and also with i mean I'll probably a lot of the books you read uh for example something like uh like a like a textbook right like a nasm textbook or something there's so many yeah. there's so many diagrams and graphs you can't just skim over you have to look uh, it's not linear it's not like you just look across and you like follow the page down no there's different things to look at and connections and stuff so yeah yeah and like technical reading like that is definitely it's a different skill than just speed reading all the way through and like you kind of have to like practice that as well and i actually wrote like a blog post or an email or something one time about like about this topic about like speed reading i i get obsessed with it and then i just do it for a little bit and then i just stop and it's just kind of related to running where it's like running you will get better but only if you're consistent over time and just repeatedly do it like not six weeks not eight weeks not 16 weeks, like two years, four years, six years. Like that's the consistency and same with the speed reading. I just, I just want the quick fix. I wish I could just learn it. But gosh, darn consistency. It's like always the answer. I know it's just hard, hard work. I want the magic pill. Give me the magic uh, speed reading pill. Damn it. I want it. I want it now. I would buy it. If somebody like, if I get an Instagram (laughs) ad now, 
<laughs> it's like the pill that will make you speed read. I'm buying that shit. Dude, you're like, buying. you're half buying it. Alpha brain. I do, I do. And that's kind of the thing with, and the, so alpha brain is a nootropic supplement um, that helps with clarity and supposed to help with memory recall. And they do some, they've done some studies, haven't read them. I just believe the marketing that they, that they have done it. But when I take it, I feel like I'm a little bit more clear. I have also taken that particular product and I don't care if it's placebo effects. Placebo effect is real. It's for reals. I feel it. One time I, I took I took it and then I took a nap and I woke up and I forgot that I had taken it and I was like, you know, I was in a, a, a different state. I was like, I'm like, why am I feeling this way? And I was like, oh my God, I took that that thing that I hadn't taken in so long. So I like it. Alpha Brain's pretty sweet. I would, I, I, I definitely, I, I cycle on, I'm off of it night now. So if I'm cloudier, not as, not as smart, not as sharp, that's why. Roger that. Roger that. I'm taking the slightly less expensive route. I got my coffee next to me and I have like some lion's mane, some cordyceps. Uh, I took some B vitamins and I got a little coconut oil in Mm. there. So it does me pretty well. You're rocking. You're rocking. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So in this episode, let's kind of get into it. We, we, We wrote down our top five training resources books in 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 that sense and we're going to share them we're going to compare our notes and we're going to talk about these five books on each of us so we each made our own separate list there's a little bit of crossover not too much um that we're going to go through and kind of talk out um we're going to go five to one leading into our number one resource um and this again is just a way that if you want to learn more if you want to dive into to different things audiobook or regular books this is just some some things that we found to be super helpful so i found this process kind of tough like when i think about it in my head i thought like oh like I, I i can narrow these things down and once i sat down to make the list it was and like looking at all the resources that i've had i was like oh wow there's a lot of stuff it's gonna be hard to, to pick just five um did you find the same kind of feel on that you know i I, it wasn't too troublesome for me. You've probably at this point in your life taken in a little bit more information, uh, probably read a few more books, but whenever I, sometimes I read stuff and it's like, it either was like a wow book or it wasn't. So I have some books and the ones that stay on my shelf, they're the ones that are always in sight. And those are the ones that I can always think back and, th- and think I know like specifically what I got from each one of these books. Like they're dog, they're dog eared. I found a lot of value in them, and uh, and continue to find value in them. Whereas some other yeah, ones were like, funny, uh, some... they're okay, but right, yeah. And it's funny how like books catch you in a time of your life where if we like whatever you were thinking about at that time, like that book was just kind of speaking to to you. If you would have read it a few years before, a few years after, like there may have already been through the process, or you might already know this kind of information. So um, I found that definitely to be true about the, some of the things that I saw on your end and, and some of the things that I have on my end. And, and um, yeah, so let's just like get into it. So we're going to go five to one, Josh. Um, why don't you kick it off with your number five book? Well, so we have, I have a list here and I have, uh, I jotted down one for, for mindset. I got one on strength and I got a few more focused on endurance. So I'm going to I'm going to start out with the strength book and that one is called Simple and Sinister. Mm. That one is by Pavel Satsulin. Satsulin. Satsulin is Russian. And uh this guy's a badass. He's been around for a long time. Probably many of you already know that he 
more more or less popularized kettlebells in the United States and has found great success with it. And he has a series of books. And the beautiful thing about a lot of his books and really just Pavel's, uh, just the way Pavel is in general, is he's kind of cut and dry in a good way. His books are very easy to understand. There's not a lot of superfluous wording or difficult, fancy stuff. And there's actually a lot of really funny, dry humor in a lot of his books that I really appreciate it. It's like, oh, your, your hands hurt. Don't be a sissy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah, but it's very easy to follow instruction. And, uh, and yeah, he kind of has a little bit of a flavor of the month thing more or less what i mean by that is he uh, in one book he might be hailing the kettlebell swing and then push-ups and you kind of just alternate between those two things and then another book it might be just uh turkish get-ups and uh and like goblet squats or single arm swings or something like that and uh and they're all great and i think that there's a lot of crossover within those books really the biggest crossover is use a kettlebell but the reason that's so high on my list is because Anybody can understand it. It's very, the, but whether it's the pictures, I love pictures. Do you love pictures? Love them. Love pictures. And, uh, he's, and he's silly in his words. photos sometimes too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So on all fronts, it's, it's easy to follow. There's very, there's very good guidance. It's not superfluous wording and it's, uh, it's not a giant textbook. It's something that anyone can pick up, not be overwhelmed by. And it's very actionable, simple and sinister by Pavel. Pavel, Pavel's great when it comes to his writing style. I totally agree because there are some fitness books where the author is just like trying to convince you that what they're saying, what they're about to say is important or is correct. They'll just cite studies and or they'll just do um, uh, testimonials or just case studies and they'll just be like over and over and over like four or five before they get to their point. Pavel's like, this works so you can take it or you can leave it. Like, I don't really care, but I know this works. I've done all this stuff like you get awesome results. I've done it myself. I've trained a bunch of people. So like, here it is like, don't like, you're not getting any other stuff besides that. And then it's up to you to try it. Right. Like if you're, if you need to read a a strength book and be convinced of what they're saying, like without just putting it into place yourself, um, then like really what, what, what's the point? Um, and simple and sinister is really, is really cool. I, I, I put, I had, um, this one down. This is definitely my favorite Pavel book that I've read. I've read maybe three or four of them. Um, Nice. And to the because, bell, because they're so the easy. Dead. And uh, hard style abs. Hard style abs. <laughs> hard style abs, baby. Which is which is a cool one. I'll I'll leave that. And like that's a really cool approach to kind of kettlebell training. But it's uh, not kettlebell training to core training. <clears throat> like this also because he talks about breathing a lot and how to um uh like really harness like that intra abdominal pressure, which he talks about in simple and sinister. Breathe behind too. the shield. Yeah, stuff like yeah, it's stuff like that that just kind of like makes sense. Like, do this and this will happen, and like it just kind of works. So, I would definitely recommend Simple and Sinister for sure. Um, nice, cool. So Any other you, points on? I no, that that was the pretty much it, right? It's simple, to, easy to follow. It's got the sweet pictures. It's got cool progressions, and it's not an overwhelming book. It's very actionable. So, uh, so yeah, actionable, and it will work. Yeah, Simple and Sinister. Rich, yeah. What do you have on your end? Those movements. Yes. So my number five is actually, we have crossover on this one. This is actually your number three. So we'll just go ahead and talk about this right now um, because it's my number five. And that's the Daniels running formula, which is Jack Daniels. So um, this is just the classic. It is probably the most influential book, if I'm being honest, in my coaching practice. Um, just because he kind of created a language around some zones and some some predictive pacing that I found to be really accurate in my own training and in the, the, the athletes who I coach. So 
Jack Daniels, he was a a Division three coach um, and won a, a bunch of national championships there. He actually was a competitor in the um, – Oh crap! I forget what it's called. It's like it's like horse riding and like shooting modern pentathlon. I think it's called. That's it. Whoa! Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. Like I saw him speak one time at Runners World. Um, was based. I'm not sure if it's still based there anymore. Was based in um, a town like adjacent to Allentown, which is pretty close to where I grew up. And I got in. I knew some people who worked there. I got in and saw him speak. And I I thought he was a runner, but he he's not. But he was a very accomplished coach, and he also has done a lot of um, most of his approaches based in in science and evidence-based. So he's done a lot of work figuring out how to predict these results based on your current fitness level. So people think like the VO2 max is kind of the gold standard of uh, fitness. Um, so what he did, he kind of took that and then and created something called the VDOT. And the VDOT is just kind of like your own singular score that you have. And then that is you kind of put into like buckets uh, on on where your pacing should be based on your performance. Because VO2 max, it's just it's literally just how much oxygen you can take in and utilize um, versus how much you breathe out. So it doesn't really have much to do with performance. I mean, it has a little bit to do with it. Like it will correlate, but um, like your VO2 max may be better than my VO2 max, but I run a 5K faster than you do. Like then doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You know, it's mm-hmm. like essentially it's like your potential. Like I like to I like to liken it to like height on a basketball court. Like if you have, if you're six, seven, have a seven foot wingspan, but like can't dribble or shoot. I'd rather have the guy who is um, six, three with a six, five wingspan who can do all of those things, right? Like the upside for the person with a big wingspan is there, but like they might not have the training and the skills to that, like a lot of to them to um, make that, that jump in um, performance. So he kind of does that. He, he kind of drills it down to like, okay, you're, you did this in your performance. So you should be able to do this, this, and this. Yeah. Um, I love that VDOT chart. It's very comprehensive mm-hmm. and, uh, and it is quite accurate. Uh, I, find, I see a little bit of discrepancy between my, say my VDOT based on my, my mile time and my half marathon but it's only about a minute and a half off my two minutes off my half marathon. So that's, that's pretty gosh darn tight. Your, is your half marathon faster? My half marathon is slower, slower. When was the last mm-hmm. time you ran a half though? What's that? When was the last time you ran a half marathon? A long time ago, I actually PR yeah. in a training and, run. So, and, you, yeah, <laughs> and like, cause that's a, that's a way to predict what kind of training you will actually respond better to. So like, so um, you're saying that like based off your mile PR, your half marathon PR is slower by two minutes. So that would mean well, the way I would interpret that is like, okay, you're more of a fast twitch type of runner. So like faster workouts might be the best way for you to get results. Um, but since you haven't run a, fa- a hat, like I don't know of that of you, like that might be the case. Um, but I know you like to work in that slower range quite a bit. Um, so like for me, my... Like my 5K, like I am that kind of runner. I'm better off like fast switch stuff. If and so my predictive 5K, when what it says I can run a marathon in, they're not the same. They're like not even close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, but like that, just knowing if you can change the training, that like what you what you could be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but all in all, that V dot chart is really good because right, it gives you it gives you pacing recommendations for for race pace for intervals uh what your marathon pace should be whether you're doing thousand meter repeats 800 mm-hmm. it is quite comprehensive and it is it, it is a good thing to go by if you 
have if you have nothing else, if you have no other information. So you can look at that and have a good idea of, hey, maybe this workout's right for me and he's, these are the paces that I should hit. 100%. And what's also nice about like his formula is that he also breaks down how much you should be doing of it. So it could mm-hmm. be like, if you want to be doing a threshold, if you're doing threshold pace and you're running 40 miles a week, then you like your threshold should only be, I forget what it is, but like eight to 10% of your total weekly volume in your threshold intervals. So it also takes it out of that too. So that it, it should help when it, from to stop overtraining or overdoing it in one shot or from undertraining really. So it could kind of bump you up into like your ceiling of what you can on what you should be looking to do for each quality session. Um, and he does have, he does have actual training plans written in there as well that are, uh, they go from like the mile and up to the marathon. I'm pretty 800 sure. to the marathon. Eight, 800. Is oh, it? Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so he has a lot of the of those in there, which are cool. Like I don't love when there's training plans in these books. I think it's a like just fluff. It ends up being like half of the book is just like training plans for different things that um and I think that's helpful, but I think that that could easily be stored online somewhere. Um and speaking of that, there is you can get his calculator and, and get your own V dot based on your previous time um on a page that I use a lot. It's it's like run smart v dot calculator. Nice. And run smart is essentially like training peaks for uh, it's just like the same type of uh, training log software, but just all, everything is Daniels. Um, so run smart, they have a free calculator that you can use. You can punch in your most recent 5k if you're training for a half marathon or a marathon and kind of get your associated paces. Nice. Um, the only drawback I have with this is that it is so he just like doesn't deviate from his formula that there is no nuance in the training. And, and I'm sure there is in his own coaching practice because he was a successful coach. Um, whereas you can't really plug and play for individual athletes. It just doesn't really work that way. And it's so steeped in like evidence-based stuff that there are things that he like kind of like just doesn't find valuable, like longer runs in three hours and things like, then like some other things that are just like things that he's like seen in the lab that like, don't make a ton of practical sense to me, mm-hmm. but, um, and people can get stuck into that. So if you're like a Daniel's loyalist to be like, well, your marathon pace doesn't necessarily won't get you the correct, any type of uh, aerobic benefit because it's the same as doing like an easy run pace. It's like, well, yeah, but you're still preparing for a marathon. Like, mm-hmm. and like just common sense says, if you want to get better at running up at marathon pace, like run your marathon pace, you know? Yeah. Um, I hear you. I'm glad you brought that up, Rich. Cause that was my one beef with the book as well it's it's not it doesn't really do much for people outside of road runners it doesn't really talk about any sort of mountain training about vertical gain or terrain or anything like that it is for like the track and the road runner now you can extrapolate from it and you know that's what i try to do obviously i'm sure you try to do that as well but uh but yeah I mean, because, you know, if you're training for something beyond a marathon on different terrain, you know, you're you might go beyond three hours and do like a five hour hike or something like that. And that's yeah. important training. It's very important training. And that's why I, I it's only number five on my list. Like, mm-hmm. as I said, I, I know this book well, I've re- revisited all the time, um, but there is just no nuance. Um, so take that with a grain of salt. Take that if you do have a book to if you do want to just figure out your associated paces and then be able to go off your rate of perceived exertion from that, like hundred percent, like you'll be become a better runner and be able to take that into the mountains. But like, it's going to be confusing. Um, if you are training for a trail run, if you're training for obstacle course mm-hmm. racing, it's just not gonna, it's just not gonna fit the bill. So you'd say it's a good resource, but it's not the Bible. It's not the Bible. And you had this for as one sport. of your, for our sport. And you had this as one of your top, um, 
you had this when you sent it to me at like your top five, correct? Yeah, well, I because I, I, I have because we were only choosing five books total. So I chose one for uh, like the mental game. I chose one for strength and then I chose three for endurance. Yep. So that would be my, my third out of the other two. Okay, cool. So we'll just go ahead and, and skip that. Anything else you want to add on Daniel's? Not really, but yo, do you remember what the strength, like the uh, supplementary training section of that book looked like? No. Dude, burpees. Seriously? Burpees. No way. Push-ups, pull-ups, and burpees. And crunches. No one does crunches anymore. (laughs) But burpees. (laughs) Burpees. Wow, good for him. Yep. And that's another thing with these running books. Like when they start talking about strength stuff, I just skip it. I'm just like, Uh, I'm, I'm good. I don't need, I don't need this person just like because it feels like they just need to like address it and they just do the the most generic strength training plan like you can tell they never really have done it and running coaches are like that's like and this is his thing too he's like to get better at running you need to run so like he doesn't he does not he's not really a, a cross training advocate in any way um and that's and a lot of running coaches will cite daniels on this point like okay well then you need to run seven days a week yeah and like cross training is purely for the injured yeah stuff like that and it's like maybe and i like yes of course you can't argue with it to get faster you're at running you need to run like okay but like there's still there's still nuance around it right like and yeah. that's that's where this book just kind of falls short um cool so that's daniel's check it out uh josh what's your number four number four i want to go with primal endurance mm. have you heard of that one i have Okay. Primal Endurance was kind of my, my introduction. And so like you were like, you illuminated earlier on when we started this podcast, it's like, it was the thing that was just there at the right time, you know? And so it meant a lot to me at the Mm -hmm. time, looking back at this particular book, it is, it's a, I don't know if I want to use the word rudimentary, but it's, it's quite simple. It's not very nuanced. And I wouldn't even say that it's, it's, it's definitely not for the aspiring, like professional athlete, but the Mm -hmm. reason it's on my list is because it, I think it, is a, it lays down some wonderful fundamentals for everybody, especially, especially, and it goes beyond fundamentals for anyone that's like a recreational runner or just, just does this for fun. Uh, so in it, you'll find principles. It's, it's called primal endurance because it's based off of this primal blueprint. And that's something anybody can look up online. You'll find several rules that it goes by and just really basic things to follow in your life. Simple things like, you know, get adequate sunlight, adequate sleep, you know, eat plants and animals, avoid poisonous things. Poisonous things pretty much just means shitty food. Uh, mm. And I mean, and it's like move a lot at a slow pace, lift heavy shit, uh, sprint once in a while. And it's more focused around optimizing your genetic expression, your hormones. And what's great about this book and the reason I love it so much is it, it shows you how to how to perform well, how to be healthy, and to have longevity. That's what's really important about this thing. And that's why I think it's an awesome base to keep in the back of your head whenever you're doing other types of training. So this book I read probably six years ago, and it really got me focusing on heart rate. Mm. they like to this book uh illuminated math operating at your max aerobic function that 180 minus your age and just going by the simple 80 20 so it's not a very thick book it just lays down some basic principles and so again it's not very nuanced it'll just kind of show for people hey uh this is the type of training that you should do for optimal hormones optimal Mm -hmm. genetic expression it's a book that'll keep someone from overtraining it's a book that will influence and and give you a little bit of guidance on what might be the healthiest way to eat again for longevity, for optimal health, 
Uh, it does trend a little bit more towards the lower carbohydrate side of things. And uh, Rich, you definitely have seen that influence in, in me. Mm -hmm. uh, I have sort of uh, matured a little bit in that regard. Uh, as I learn more about performance and the necessity for carbohydrates as you get into larger volume, as you get into more intense workouts. But again, this is, if someone was just getting into this sport or really into any sport, especially running though, this is a wonderful book that I think would do anybody super well for a year or two before moving into more advanced stuff. Totally. And it's Mark Sisson, right? That's Mark Sisson and Brad Kearns. Mark Sisson was a triathlete back in the um, 80s, I want to say, uh, you know, where they mm -hmm. wore hilarious bright colors. It was awesome. Uh, and, you know, they had like top tube shifters on their on their chrome bikes and whatnot. And then <laughs> Brad Kearns was also in that uh, in that realm as well. Actually, I think Brad Kearns today has he switched over to speed golf. You ever heard of that? Dude, yes, that's my that that would be my way to golf. I think I could do okay in speed golf. It's impressive. You choose like a, one club or two, and you have to and you just have to freaking speed through eighteen holes, dude. You end up running like a half marathon or something, and it's timed, right? Like it's yeah. not you, it's not on strokes. It's just once you get in the hole, if you get in the hole before, if I get in the hole before you get in the hole, I move on and I'm beating you. Not dude, necessarily, or is it stroke based? I think it's a combination of the two. So it's a time plus how many hits so it's your total oh. golfing score and then that coral that, that connects with your time somehow i'm not 100 sure i, I want to say no never mind i don't even know but you have to run really fast and be accurate with golf i want to try that i want to try this because my friends want to golf and i don't want to golf and then uh, maybe this will be like compromise anyway but yeah and mark Sisson currently i mean he's, he's an older gentleman now but he and he mm -hmm. still does like ultimate frisbee he's Yo, still he like, looks great, great shape yeah he's, he's shredded He's a beast. And um, so I haven't read, I'm familiar with Mark Sisson, like, you know, Mark's Daily Apple, uh, the, the Primal Blueprint. I, I've followed him a little bit, um, kind of as, as I was getting in, and when the whole like wellness kind of thing creeped into uh, like just mainstream, um, it kind of came along with like the paleo route. When paleo started making it big, like mm -hmm. Mark Sisson kind of like came along with that and kind of spun off into his own deal. Um, but a lot of those principles are, are, are paleo based, right? Is that fair to say? So paleo is, the, we could differentiate by saying paleo is more of a way of eating, whereas primal is an entire lifestyle. So you, mm, you would eat, okay. eat paleo-esque, but you could live primally. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Um, yeah, totally. And I, I like that you brought up the point of that it's like it's more – it's less about performance and more about like longevity. And that's kind of where Mark Sisson has, has kind of now carved it in because he wasn't doing this when he was a high level triathlete. And then he's looking back and being like, Oh, if only I did this, like, but, but like you didn't <laughs> like, right. Totally you know? understand that. Yeah. I mean, he, <sighs> he, yeah, he could postulate that he would have performed better back then, but that very well might have not been the case. I think it might not have been the case. Yeah. I think it's true that this is certainly better for longevity. All signs point to it towards that. All new science points towards that a little bit lower carbohydrate and some smarter training and lifestyle habits. Obviously is going to make you a healthier person mm -hmm. uh, and be healthier for a longer point of your life, which is how we beat the medical system. Hoorah. But yeah, I mean, if you, uh, that's why I said it's not for the aspiring professional athlete is because that there is, there is nuance that is missing to help you perform at the absolute peak, which admittedly so, I don't know if you totally agree, Rich, but I mean, if you, when you want to be a top performer, you sacrifice a little, a little bit of health, you know, you, oh, yeah. uh, you accelerate cellular division and, and aging, but Hey, you know, that's the price we pay. Live once, baby. 
<laughs> got to get on that course. Leave it all out there. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like, like, and, and like you know, to perform well, like you are, is it's not about wellness, you know, and like that's just the difference. Like, you're going to be healthier than if you were sedentary, but like, there's going to be things that are just not going to be optimal <laughs> if you're if you're running as much and training as much as as we are. Um, cool, but I like this because it does give good principles. It will illuminate and gives good explanations behind some of the, these these trends or or things that you might see, and it will give you a real understanding of what's happening inside of the body of your body based off of like I like that that you talk about the hormones and we're going to do a podcast about that eventually and talking about how to optimize those things or really what. How, how the things that you do externally affect the things you do internally in terms of your hormone function. So um, I think that's a great place to start. It's a good one. Excellent. What's next on your list? Sweet. So my number four is also kind of like a mindset one. This one is called The Willpower Instinct. It's by Kelly uh, McGonigal. Um, and this is a really helpful book that touches on a lot of studies behind human behavior. Um, and it just kind of goes in depth. And it's, it's much in the vein of um, like the power of habit the James Duhigg book, which it was ended up being much more mainstream and just kind of talks about the um, habit loop that this is a James Duhigg where it's like, you know, you have the cue, you have your habit and it gives you like the result kind of bastardizing it. But um, this kind of goes through very specific things that might that, that come up in our lives and, and, and kind of dives deeper into why we feel a certain way and, and why that changes our behavior um, and the outcome of things. Um, so I've found in in terms of habits, this is the best book that I've found um, by a long shot. And I've read a couple of them. And, by a long uh, shot. By, by a long, I, I think so. And the way Sweet. I've been able to like um, – like take a lot of these and, and see it in my own life and see it in the athletes who I coach lives and these things that, that are, are constantly reoccurring that will either um, that, that kind of keep people stuck in one place and just like giving it a name and just being able to identify when these things pop up is really, really helpful for performance in terms of mindset and of course, consistency and just make, and just helping you get out of your own way. Um, and just having be, again, it's, it's evidence-based, um, but all books are kind of evidence-based, but they, they do a good job of like kind of giving you those classic examples and, and telling you why the outcomes were that way and kind of how you can apply it into your own life. So I enjoyed it very, very much. And I think that it would be really helpful for anyone to take on. This would be a good audiobook, honestly. Like this isn't one you need to sit and study, um, like taking this in and just being like, oh my God, yes, that is something I do. Um, or, or, oh, I can see, or I see this in other people and, and I could, um, kind of monitor my behavior to not fall in these trappings that, that exist across. So I'm, I'm pretty close to getting this on audio on, on audible and going out for a run with this. Give me, give me like one strong point to, to like be the final hook. Sell me on this. Mm. So the, one of my favorite points from this, like each chapter kind of has like its own point. It's like nine or 10 chapters and it kind of dives deep into one point. There's this, 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 uh, topic they talk about of being like a license to do bad things like and just like do like the halo effect that i believe she calls it is where if you're always acting in a a good positive manner then you then feel like you have the right more or less to act poorly when those times come and like a good example of that is like politicians having sex scandals, right. And how that always kind of happens because there's this specific behavior where people are feeling like they're doing quote unquote good. And when they're doing good, that means that they're really trying to stop themselves from doing bad. So like uh-huh. internally they are saying like, Oh, I'm really not this person because I need to do 
quote unquote good. And then like when they have a chance to do bad stuff, like they just do it. And like, I feel like this is very helpful for nutrition or training in general and just trying to be like, oh, well, I was good with my training or I was bad with my training. And like just kind of the language you use behind it and how that like affects the way you feel on things. That's 100% what I was thinking when I, that when I heard you say that, I immediately thought like, oh, I've been eating clean for 15 days or whatever. And you just go balls to the wall with all the Bucket. shittiest food on day Pizza 16. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Or like when, or that pre or that pre diet, quote unquote diet. Um, Get it out of my system. Have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. It's like, don't do that. You're just, you're just developing terrible habits. Um, so the willpower instinct is really cool on that and just kind of gives some, some good backing as to like why you're doing things. So it just helps illuminate the behaviors that you, that you might see and, and be doing. Right on. Sweet. Nice. What's your next one? I dig. I'm going to go uh, with a book on mental game next as well. This book's called Relentless. Mm. It's by, uh, I believe, Dr. Dr. Tim Grover. And he, this individual, this guy, he trained, he's not even really like a psychological coach. He's not really like a, you know, a sports psychologist. Uh, he, but he works in, in sport and athletics. And he actually trained Michael Jordan, LeBron, and, uh, and I think, was it Kobe or I think, I think it might've been Kobe Bryant. I'm not a hundred percent. I saw some photos sure. of him with Kobe. But okay. All right. So he, he worked with some really big names and he actually worked with Jordan, uh, I believe before and after the comeback. Mm. And he introduced a lot of like strength training and like crazy mm. plyometric stuff for Michael Jordan. But he doesn't, this book isn't about physically what they did. He has other books on that. I have a book called jump attack by him, which is pretty much makes you be more explosive in the lower body. Um, help you dunk. This boy's going to dunk one down. You watch. Uh, but this book is called Relentless, and it's about the mindset. And ultimately, it's kind of repetitive throughout the book, but I, I enjoyed the redundancy because it really drilled it in. And that is that you don't have to you don't have to enjoy the process. You just have to crave the results. You just when like when you're training, you just think about that outcome. Whether, mm. you know, and, th and this works for some people, it might not work for others. I enjoy it. I enjoy training, but sometimes there are days where you're not really feeling it, but you just got to keep that end game, that, that thought in your head about what you are working towards. And no matter what happens, you'd be relentless moving towards that goal. You know, uh, if well, like Jordan was relentless on the court, if there was a, if there's a problem, you know, you're going to see obstacles, whether they're, uh, tangible, literal, you know, like an obstacle in a, in a race or, uh, or it's more of a mental obstacle or something, you know, in a team sport, something goes on, you know, you have to be relentless in your drive and that's going to help carry others and help carry your performance towards that desired outcome. Mm -hmm. So it's really just, it's a book about being extremely mentally resilient, tough and, and staying driven. And these are what I find. Uh, I've, I haven't read this book. I did. I looked it up, and I did. I, I saw a synopsis by a guy who looked just like Zach Braff, so that was kind of cool. But he. Uh, but like, from what I took away, like this is what I find the most interesting about high level performers is their mindset, like the physical stuff, like whatever, like and and. But the best of the best, they seem to have some sort of common thread in them that would be aptly titled relentless right like where they just kind of keep pushing forward and have have these things in mind um did you find were you like was this really motivational do you find that the things that they were saying you were able to take and then implement into your training or was it things that you found in yourself that you were able to like be like oh okay like yes i do or don't do this like how did how did you how were you able to or how could other people um benefit from something like this uh well i, I definitely got like tingles 
at moments in time. So this book, you know, the hair stands up on end. You're just like, oh, fuck yeah. And you're just ready to go, like get up from the chair right there and put the book down and go, you know, do a hard ass workout. Uh, I think that the people that might get the most out of this book are the ones that might struggle with the day to day. They want this desired outcome, but they're, they are just having difficulty putting things into action. Mm. So I think that this might, both through the stories, whether it's of Michael Jordan and or these other people that did so much work behind closed doors, you know, behind these curtains. And then, but, you know, they show up on the court and they just absolutely crush it. Uh, I, I think that this can help people be a little bit more motivated in their training as they work towards a specific goal. And uh, yeah, I mean, what the, what it helped me with certainly was that if there's a time where I'm maybe feeling a little bit less motivated, uh, maybe mm. I'm not putting a lot of effort into my workout. I'm just kind of going through it. When this comes into mind, this can help me put more effort into it and create a more quality workout. And I always feel better after doing so. It's it's like being in a race and you kind of give in to that voice in your head that says this hurts. I kind of want to slow down and you finish the race and you feel unsatisfied. I mean, I some of my best races, my, I might not have been on a podium, but when that voice came into my head, I said, absolutely not i'm not going down how am i going to feel after this like make it hurt this moment's fleeting just absolutely crush it and i don't care what place i'm in if i push myself i feel better at the end of the race let's go yeah and i like that like and let's fucking go the um and having a resource like this is very helpful I like to caution against people taking on multiple amounts of these because when you start to take on a bunch of ways to uh, like mentally get through things, it gets confusing. So like having one resource that like speaks to you and then like sticking to that, um, it's much like training, right? Like if you keep switching your training programs, like you're not going to get the best results. Same with like this mental toughness approach. Like if you can take the, the, the learnings from a book like this and put it into practice and just always have that repeating, um, then that's what's going to make the biggest difference instead of reading every mental toughness book along the line and, Mm. and just trying to push through. So um, this one seems awesome. I mean, he's as credible as possible with working with these high performers. So I like it. Cheers. Sweet. So what do we got? My number three, this was definitely more on the, on the coaching side that I found this to be the most influential, but um, this is a book called roar. It's by Stacy Sims. um, And this is geared directly at the female endurance athlete. Um, so this speaks just to them. Um, I uh, was talking to Nell Rojas was on the podcast earlier this week, and she had brought this up in, in, uh, in our conversation. And it, it really talks about the differences in, in hormones between men and women and how the, their, their cycle, their natural cycle will affect the way that they train and affect how they metabolize the different um, food that they eat. Um, Stacey Sims is a PhD in nutrition science. So a lot of it is nutrition based. Um, but the beginning, like the first half of the book is really, really strong information about like things that I've just never actually read or considered when it comes to the hormone function and performance in women. Um, and because their, their cycle just releases crazy waves in different hormones that will affect them in different ways that men don't have. And most of the studies in, um, in, in science in general are, are done on men are done on college aged men. Um, and that's just where we've come come along. This is where we come across a lot of these numbers that we hear, or a lot of the training protocols that we have are based on those studies. So 
yes, there are things that are going to cross over for men and women, but not everything. And especially when it comes to the hormone function. Um, so really awesome takeaways here. And she has some pretty detailed ways in which you can manipulate your nutrition, uh, based on the, the stages of your cycle and how, and also on, on how you can actually change the way you train based on your cycle. Um, because like you may adopt, you may adapt to faster training in one week more than like endurance training in another. I don't have it memorized. Um, but like there are all charts there and she gives some cool resources. Um, one that's called like fitter F T F I T R, um, which helps you track your cycle. And then it will kind of put you in a block of what you should be doing that week. That's um, awesome. if that is something that, yeah. So it's really cool. Um, I use the app for a little bit. It, it leaves a little bit to be desired, um, for the athletes who I coach, um, that there's like, just, it just kind of tracks it and just kind of gives some information. So you can kind of like learn it, I guess. Um, but this is something that, you know, one men don't know shit about. And, and honestly, like women haven't paid that much attention to it either. Um, because it is either, um, they just have never known this is something that occurs because the studies and, and the research that we see are, is never based on this, on these type of information. And it's also something that is just not necessarily uh, spoken about openly. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that you get a lot of awesome um, information um, with the caveat that like it, it, it's so like it, it also kind of goes into the difference between uh, a female that would be on birth control and off birth control because those are, it's a hormone regulator. Yeah. Strong differentiation, strong differentiation. Um, it just kind of shows like what that does as well. So if that's something, so if you're in that case, if, uh, like that, it would also be interesting for you to learn what's happening to your body with birth control and with, and without, and of course it's, uh, like just going to be, take that information with what it is, but she lays it out really, really well. Um, it gets into like some, like, again, some kind of strength training stuff, some kind of like pretty generic stuff as well. In the second half of the book just kind of seemed like filler, but like the first half is just like banging information. Uh, dude, I love it. That's a good resource. And you know, what? it's a, I, I do enjoy redundancy to a degree because it's, it's like in rock climbing, you're super redundant with all of your safety, you know, all the, all the gear that you yeah. put in the wall, you know, and all these safety precautions to ensure that you have a successful day out on the wall. <laughs> but when it comes to literature, um, I love overlapping books and redundancy within books because it helps drive, drive home points. Um, for me, I need to get, take things in over and over and over. And it's that repetition. So, you know, it's getting in those reps that helps it solidify that in my brain. And also you just, uh, when you hear something from so many sources, reliable sources, you can infer that that's probably pretty accurate information. Right. So that's right. a cool resource, man. Totally. Yeah, that's uh, so I would definitely recommend that. Um, she's a pretty cool follow. She's a good speaker. Um, she has a TED talk, I believe, um, TEDx talk. Um, and that's just she drives home. It's like women are not small men. And that's just like kind of her thing. I think she's a pretty badass athlete, too. Um, cool. What you got next? So this is your number two now, I believe. Right. All right. Well, let's see. Uh, well, I had Daniel's I had Daniel's formula oh, with you. Yeah. I'll go, I'll go to my number two before we get to your number one, because you, you, um, cause we don't want to do spoilers. Um, <laughs> so my number two is, uh, it's called scientific principles of strength training. Um, it's by like some of the people in the Renaissance periodization crew, RP, and also, um, Chad Wesley Smith from juggernaut training systems. So it's like Mike Isretel, James Hoffman and Chad Wesley Smith. So they kind of collaborated to make this book and it's just kind of like a definitive guide on how to use, on how to power lift. Um, and I like, 
I like this ver- type of information because powerlifting is performance. Um, and then there's a lot of overlapping information that you can take from the things that they're doing. And like, you see that it's not like the, the idea of progressive overload is the same in endurance and in uh, strength training and, str- and strength sport, um, just done in a different, v- in a different capacity. Mm-hmm. So it's really reassuring. And it's also reassuring when it comes to obstacle course training, like where, like what things you need to do to get performance and what things are going to get are just work. Um, these people are evidence-based like to a fault. Like they, they're so thorough when it comes to citations and, and making sure everything is vetted and like they're all PhDs themselves. So they have, can go and do independent research on, on some of these studies that they've been, uh, that they do cite. So everything's vetted. It's about as, as scientifically backed as anything. And, you know, again, comes with a grain of salt. Like there's not when, when, when books or people are so evidence-based that there's no nuance, there's a little bit of that. Um, but they're also high performers. They're all yoked, super strong dudes that take this and put this into practice as well. Um, so I really in, enjoyed it and I just enjoyed the, the explanations and the progressions of periodizations. It's, it's definitely a technical read. Um, and so you can take a lot so away. It's for the nerds. It's for the nerds for like sure, it. but like, like and it. but it's nice to get out of just that endurance thing because after a while, all the endurance books are kind of the same, um, and this just kind of pulls you out of it and just kind of puts in like again just a different application, and it just you can again see that overlap, and it's just again how you mentioned before, it's just kind of reassuring of of what you're doing in training and making sure you're not just doing dumb shit for the sake of doing dumb shit when you're in the weight room. <laughs> Did you get super stoked to go deadlift after reading that? Oh, dude, of course. I was, I like remember where I was reading this. I was like, oh man, I'm, all, I'm drinking coffee. I'm like fired up first thing in the morning. I'm like, oh man, let's lift. Um, <laughs> but just like, yeah. And just being able to kind of put it into place and in, in where, where it belongs in training and not going crazy is legit. Right on, man. What was one of your, your biggest takeaways as far as, uh, maybe along the lines of like lifting form or, or progression or like most advantageous lift or sequence? Yeah, it's just kind of talking about the most advantageous type, like more the sequence, like having like what it looks like, what progressive overload looks like, how much you should overload, when when you need to take down weeks, when what it's going to feel like when you're overreaching, what are you going to feel like when you're overtraining. So again, it is a lot of the same principles that most endurance books will put into place, but they're done by PhDs. So it's a little bit more detailed because um, most running books are written by running coaches. So they don't really have these explanations as to why and like what's actually happening to your body as much, um, where they do. And like a lot of the things that they say are very relatable to the endurance athlete, even though they're speaking in terms of powerlifting performance. Um, but the idea of peaking and tapering, it all, it all is kind of the same, um, uh, in, in strength training and in endurance training. Um, so it was more just like I think I said reassurance a couple times now, but it's, it was just reassuring to, to read these things and, and help very helpful in terms of programming um, for how to get stronger and also how to get faster. Cause it's kind of, kind of the same. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. I love it when there's, when people are super smart and they also practice what they preach. So these guys uh, or gals, I don't know if it was just men, but it was power lifters who were also PhDs. Is that- yeah, this dude, this dude, Mike Isratel, he actually lived in Philly for a while. He taught at temple. He's, so jacked and he's like hilarious he's a pretty funny follow on instagram um i saw him speak they did an rp summit actually just a couple months ago here in philly um he has since moved which is a bummer but he uh he was just so ridiculous and hilarious and he's so jacked he's like five five like 
260. He's just oh, huge. he's a barrel. <laughs> he's just a barrel. Um, but yeah, like then you follow, you see the things that he's doing, and like he has some strange things, but he also has some very common sense things and of what he's doing, and it just it just helps to see someone who is getting results, who's done the studies, who is is putting putting in work. Um, it's just helpful to follow someone like that. I think. Heck yeah. And the name of that book again was? It's called uh, Scientific Principles of Strength Training. And uh, yeah, good thing you brought that up because that that's only available on like Juggernaut Training Systems website or Renaissance Periodization RP. Um, they charge a lot for their eBooks. I don't know why they're so freaking expensive. I think this Textbooks, one is like- books, man. They're, it's an eBook. So it's all, it's 40 bucks for just like a PDF that- mm-hmm. I, I think they're just trying to like, they just need to make money somehow. So I guess that's how they do gotta, it. Gotta and they have a big bread, following. Right? So gotta make that bread. So I would check that out. Um, it's not on Amazon. It's on it's specifically from their websites. Word. So what is your number one? Well, I, uh, back to, back to what you said at the beginning of the podcast, there's a book for a time in our lives, mm-hmm. right? The book that has spoken to me, uh, I think most strongly this past year uh, or actually I read this. Yeah, it was, it was about a year ago on the money. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the uphill athlete, the uphill athlete. Uh, I imagine most people listening to this have probably at least caught wind of that by now. If, uh, I feel like it's gotten pretty popular, especially you probably seen people like, uh, like the Atkins and Webster and, uh, you know, like face standing and people like that, uh, John Albin, uh, a lot of them, uh, have posted about it. And raved about it. And this book was put together by Steve House and Scott Johnson, who are amazing mm-hmm. athletes, mountaineers, alpinists. Uh, they're involved in skiing uh, and other crazy sports that involve mountains. And they got together with Killian Jornet, who another familiar name, just an astonishing athlete, mountain runner, you know, sky runner, endurance athlete. And they put together a really comprehensive book that the reason it's my number one is it has. It's not, it's not superfluous. It's easy to understand the language. It's well-structured as far as how the chapters are organized. And it has good structure and explanations as to kind of what to do and when to do them. And I feel like, and you kind of said this about some of the other books, which is they lack nuance. And when it comes to training, we're all so individual. You know, everything needs to be, we have to, do things really personal for ourselves. This book might be difficult for somebody to really know where they're at or where to start. However, if you do have a really good idea of where you're at and you have some history behind you, then this book will be a little bit more easy to understand and know exactly where, or, or more precise, I shouldn't say exactly, but a little more precisely of where to kind of hop in. Uh, I love it for there's, there's good, uh, Uh, advice on what to do in regards to strength and good advice in regards of what to do as far as, well, uphill work and intensity. And it gives some insight to recovery, which I'm, I'm really glad that that's in there. It talks about, you know, keeping yourself healthy and ultimately the best runner is an uninjured runner, Mm -hmm. you know? So it, uh, it just touches a lot of good fields to create a, a strong, resilient, healthy athlete specifically one that likes to train in the mountains which i want to get better at so it totally spoke to me right and that's that's where this book does kind of fit the bill um i read this as well and it's like it just does kind of 
give like it's what Daniel's lacks is like okay Daniel's you can't take anything and, and apply it to the mountains this is very much applied to the mountains in like ultra distance and they also it's talk a, about it's a very good meshing yeah to have like mm-hmm. the uphill athlete it totally fills in the area where Daniel's did not yes yes and like it talks about ski mountaineering a little bit and some like some like sports that are are more time on your feet and more kind of into that ultra ultra realm or more like extreme running events uh which i found to be refreshing because that didn't really seem to be anything like that um or i or i grew frustrated from this book was that it like the uh, most of it is just redundant and it is almost just like uh redundant in terms of other endurance books that are on the market like the first like most of it and like most of the explanations are just endurance explanations as to how you're going to get better and faster where i was hoping it was just going to be just mountain talk but a lot of it is just like endurance talk and like of course like if you haven't read all that other if you're just preparing for mountains like that is something that is is important where for me i read it and i was like oh shit i thought this was going to be all about how to how to track vertical gain and how to like figure out like different things like that and, and that's not as big of a part of it um but i do like that it is it does give a good framework for how what kind of load and intensity and and volume you can expect to really perform well in the mountains and, it, and it's nice because most endurance books are based off road running or, or track um so they don't kind of talk about that type of volume right they don't they don't talk about like what you actually need to do to get out there and and make it happen so i like that and it's a beautiful book it is like a really nice oh, book man. the pictures and the stories within it yeah they did do a really nice job of dividing chapters with uh anecdotal stories and it's yeah. like yeah super beautiful and like inspiring pictures and it is good. And like, it's always good to have those, um, like how you mentioned before, have the, the, the reassurance and, and things that are the topics and the concepts across different books. And like, I read, I, I bought this book and I wanted to just learn about like vert and how to handle that a little bit more. Um, but I found myself, I read the whole thing, you know, I didn't just skip. I didn't, cause I was like, I went back and I was like, okay, these guys are obviously smart, obviously well thought out. So I read the whole thing and just was like, okay, like, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yes. That's right. That's, that's, that's something else that I've, I've seen before. And then before it really kind of got into the mountain stuff. So, um, yeah, totally a good one, especially if you are in it, it, if like, you need a place to start and like you are doing obstacle course races or mountain races, like you can skip Daniel's, you can skip some of the other ones. Like this is probably a really good starter one for, for a lot of people. Cheers. I think that, I don't know if you would agree with this, but there are some parts of the book. Like I feel, I feel when it comes to certain stru- structures within a book, it can be difficult for some people to translate for themselves, you know, mm-hmm. cause it is just a, generic more or less generic it's not personalized to them here's a structure it's like oh if your mileage is around here this is probably a good thing to do as far as building up and you know do uh, intensity here and specificity here and taper here and all that uh that will come after some chapters that tell you uh okay well if you're doing an intensity week that means that you need to do uh you know like uh two times eight minutes, you know, with two minute rest in between. It's like, you got to do that on your Thursday and then, you know, do bounds on, on the Tuesday, but only if you've already had, you know, the six weeks prior of doing so-and-so before it. So it might, I think that it has a lot to offer, but it'll take a lot of digesting to really understand what is good for you and where you Mm -hmm. are at and how does how to put that in your program. Right. Totally. And I'm, I'm guessing most of the, not well, probably most of the listeners aren't living in the mountains, you know, so they got to kind of take this and apply it however they can. Um, so it can't just be like apples to apples on a lot of those things. So, but awesome book, definitely well-written, totally, totally enjoy and recommend it. I, is it on Kindle now? Like when I, 
like I was the same time. I got it, you know, a year ago, a little over a year ago, like right when it came out, but it wasn't even on Kindle at that point. So I had to have the hard copy, which I normally get the Kindle version. Ooh, see, I, I could appreciate saving the planet, less paper, but I, that's a book that I love the, the physical book. I'm just more impatient when I'm like ready to buy a book. I want the book now. Like, so I don't, I won't go somewhere. I won't order on Amazon and wait for it. I want it right now. So if you get it on Kindle, it's just like appears and you're like, okay, I can start reading it. Um, right and you could probably cool. do, you could probably do like dog ears on there too. Can you highlight stuff and like kind of, mm-hmm. kind of dog ear? It's, you notes? can, you can, you can, you can put notes, you can highlight and like, it'll nice. keep it for you in a place. I find myself less likely to go back and, and, and look at them rather than a hard copy and a hard copy is nice just to feel and like have like real intentional focus yeah. because like dog ears are calling to you like oh i dog ear this page what's yeah there? let me see this you again. go yeah, and you're like oh ooh. right and it just is able to you're able to remind yourself more like if in the killer version like it's just gone like you never look at it ever again <laughs> um sweet so my number one is uh called the science of running it's by steve magnus um and steve magnus is a uh, collegiate coach. He also had coaches some professional runners, um, some really high end runners. Like he used to coach Sarah Hall, he R- Roberta Grenner, who was actually our first guest ever on this podcast. Whoa. Um, yeah, how about that? But then uh, he was at, like a ridiculously high level high school athlete. He ran four hundred one in high school um, and kind of was burnt out by the time he got to college. I believe is his story and just never really kind of put it all together. Um, but has since uh, is has been an accomplished author um, has a, a really good understanding of the sport and he's, he's very much a student of the sport. And what I really like about this book is that he, he takes the practices of all the other coaches he's, he's studied in the past and kind of puts it all in one place. Whereas other coaches are like, this is my system. So my system does this, 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 and like, it's not that different than anything else. Um, but his, he, to, he kind of puts it all together. It's like one big, huge resource and it's two chapters. The first chapter is just on the science. So again, kind of along the lines of the scientific principles of strength training where, or um, where it is just like dense, hard science about what's happening to you as a runner. And the second half is kind of, is, is very much um, how to train for different events, but not in a sense, like here is your training plan. He is a coach. So he talks about the nuance of training and coaching, which I could imagine is, would be a little frustrating for someone who just wants to get hard information about, what they should do. This is like, this is what you can do if this is how you respond. And this is what you can do if this is how you respond. Here are three or four strategies that you can kind of put into place. So it's very broad. Um, but within each like kind of broad topic, he, he, he pairs it down and gives really good examples of how you can um, train to be uh that would suit you. And so it also gives a bunch of different ways that you can train. So like if you have this as a resource and again, you're committed to the process of getting faster um, and the consistency of things, like you could always revisit this and kind of put new things into place, um, which is something that I found has been, been really cool, but it's definitely thick. It's um, thick with details in the first, the first half, which is like kind of tough. Like I actually thought it was kind of like textbook, like, um, but the second half is, is definitely cool. Uh, so I would, I would recommend this. Um, I just kind of think it is, it's great just because it is, takes all of the, the previous information, just kind of puts it in one spot. Wonderful. So would you say it's your number one because of the nuance and how much it encompasses? Yeah, right. I would, as a coach, put it that way because it just kind of gives really good examples where uh, some of the gripes that I've had of these other books is that it just doesn't, doesn't have nuance. It doesn't have a particular, um, examples for things outside of like the 
their system that they've developed. Um, so this isn't a system. There is no training plan in it, which I appreciate. There's examples of progressions that you could potentially use based on who you are, but it's not like here is ha- like, it's not uh, a third of the book of just 5k plans, 10k plans, mm. marathon plans, which is annoying to me. Um, so I, I, I enjoyed it very much and that's how I would put it my number one. Cause it gives you kind of everything in one spot. So if like, you don't want to read all the books, this is just like the one that I think that you can do. And it's, and it's modern ish. It was written recently. So it takes into considerations all that has come before it. Um, or sometimes if you read, if you read like Lydiard or, or even Daniels to that respect, like it's just kind of old, <laughs> it's just <laughs> old shit. Um, and this kind of takes that all into consideration. So have you read uh, Healthy Intelligent Training, which is a slightly revised, well, I haven't read the original, but I've heard it's a revised and more updated version of one of Lydia's old books. I have not. I have gotcha. not. So I haven't read the original, whatever that, that looked like, but yeah, I was called it the Lydia way. Gotcha. The Lydia way. But yeah, Healthy yeah. Intelligent Training. I was like, I was nodding my head a lot because there were things that I had seen in the Daniels book, but I felt like it was a little more open-minded and like that you just said modern it was a little more like modernized yeah totally that that'd be that'd be a good one i should go back and, and try to read that because yeah. like yeah I, I read like the uh linear book recently and it's just like oh okay like this is all just stuff that exists <laughs> like it's it's like how i liken it to like have you ever watched an old movie that's like a classic movie and then just been like yeah i don't really see what the big deal about this is has that, has that happened to you uh probably i haven't like watched any of that stuff recently but yeah i feel what you mean like you understand what i'm saying are you saying at the time you enjoyed it but now like looking back you think it's more like i i haven't seen it like it's a super old movie that was like really original at the time and then has been ripped off several times since and i've seen all the ripoffs so when i go back and see the original i'm like oh this is not that like this is not groundbreaking for me i don't understand why this is that good because like i've seen all the other uh iterations of it and it ruined the actual story for me. So that's how I feel about a lot of old movies. Cause like, if it's that original, people are going to copy it. And, uh, that's kind of what Lydia it is. It's like, Oh, okay. Like everybody just kind of does, does this. Gotcha. Um, cool. So that, that's our top five. I want to throw out a couple honorable, honorable mentions real quick out there for Mm. you. Because like, like I said, this was hard, man. Like some of the ones that I thought I was going to want, I just like, I was like, "Ah, I don't have a place for this. So what are two or three of your honorables that you wanted to talk about? All right, we'll breeze through these ones. Uh, the healthy intelligence training, like mm. I, I just touched on right there. Uh, that one is, yeah, that one's pretty cool. It's not a very dense book, and so it doesn't offer a whole lot of nuance. However, it is still quite encompassing, uh, like some of the other thicker books, and uh, it's more focused on purely running. Uh, and let's see, what else do I got here? Do, 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 do. <laughs> I actually wrote down once a runner just because it, yeah. because it's I'm like I don't even know what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. It's not like it's not like real training programs. Nobody should ever do probably like goal. sixty yeah. times four hundred. No. Uh yeah, wasn't he running those at like what like sixty? I think I think sixty. Oh my god. That's yeah, the story of it. Yeah, it was, I think the, what's the workout? It's three by twenty by four hundred, right? Yes. Like the 20, you did yep. 20 by 400 at 60 seconds, maybe a 65. I forget. It was something stupid. It was like, it's like the, the most like fictional workout you could think of. Dude, I remember oh, being man. on like, to be on like the let's run.com boards and people would talk about that. And they'd be like, want to like aspire to be that. It's like, yo, this is fake. <laughs> this is not you a real not, thing that happened. You should not do that. This is a fictional character. Yeah. Wait, what if my, what's my math? Is that 15 miles of four minute pace intervals? 
that many? Is it? Six. Uh, I can't math, right? Four hundred, four. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> four hundred. Yeah. Uh, 15 miles? I don't know. Something, something, something like that. Like that. Yeah. Which is not doable. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Cassidy. Yeah. But yeah, also like the, the, the mental thing about that book though, like I kind of read it and just enjoyed like the mental places that they go. Cause it was very down to earth, even though it's obviously, you know, it's fictional and there's some really fun stuff in there. I just really enjoyed kind of living vicariously through the story yeah. and enjoying the headspaces that it went. And it got me, it made running kind of fun and like exciting as the book progresses. So totally. That's yeah. That's a great one. Mention. I mean, that that's one of my favorite novels of all time. It's by John L. Parker, who was a really high level runner himself. I think he was like a four Oh three, four four miler back in the day. So he was just like a beast. So he like nails the mindset about what it's like to train at a high level and just kind of speaks to that, like what you're thinking, what you're feeling. And it's just awesome. It's just the best dude. He wrote Quentin Cassidy was like the guy that he wanted to be. Right. Like, this exactly. Me if I broke four. Yeah, totally. If I was in the Olympics, like this is who I wanted to be. This is who I pictured myself to be. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I got a couple more, but before I go to those, what do you got? Give me two. Uh, two of my honorables were uh, Anatomy for Runners. Um, this is by Day by J. Um, Dichery. D i c h a r r y. Dichery. Dichery do. Dichery do. Um, this one's really cool. I mean, this one really helped me uh, understand like just why runners are in pain he's just kind of like a um uh, just base breaks down a lot of the um the movement patterns and what you can do this is more of an actionable book like here's some here's what here are some exercises to do and this kind of hit me at a certain time where i was like just uh i was starting to see a lot more people in the gym and and i was able able to apply some of the the things that he had it's just like you know it's more of like a uh troubleshooting strength training book for um runners which i think is really helpful um he focuses a lot on form um and different things that you could do so if like you want to do running specific strength stuff like this one was really cool i thought was really helpful nice is that a big old textbook or is that kind of like a small concise like pocket guide to Eh, it's like it's like in between it's a regular it's like a regular size regular old book so it's not it's not super dense um it's more actionable but there's a lot of things that he talks about he talks about strength talks about balance talks about soft tissue work and just kind of goes along the whole way about like ways that runners can kind of keep themselves healthy um important and one that i just read that i i and this might just be recency bias it's called inside a marathon it was uh it's by scott fobble who is a current um elite marathoner he ran 209 in boston i think in 2018 and uh his coach ben rosario so it's it's really cool how it's written it's i mean they're not authors they're not writers they're uh, they're athletes in it and a coach so it goes week by week through the training for that preparation for the new york city marathon in 2018 and or 17 whatever um and ben rosario writes about what's going on in training the coach and and what's going on with scott and his training and then Scott writes what's going on on his perspective in training. And it's just like a first person account of what it's like to prepare for a race and like in training. So like you feel the training, you like really understand what he's saying and he, they all explain it really well. And you like takes you on this ride, this journey of like what it takes to be this high level performer. Um, and it's just, it was just awesome. It was like, it was like running with the Buffaloes, but like a first person account of that <laughs> running, running with the Buffaloes was like a dude came in and like, was like, well, overseeing what was going on but this is like first person account it was just awesome i loved it all right nice nice really cool are you gonna have a list of these available yeah i'll put these i'll put these in the notes 
All right. All right. He's in the notes. Well, tell you what, we're going to wrap this burrito up real soon. I got five minutes before, uh, before I got to hop off here, but, uh, I got one more on here and as far as um, honorable mention and I might get a little flack for this, but I have to put down beyond training by Ben Greenfield. Uh, this is one of his older books. I, mm-hmm. I will admit I've kind of fallen off the, the Ben Greenfield bandwagon as time goes on. He's, he's an experimental dude, but you know, you can take some pretty wild people out there and there's still good things to pull from just about anybody, whether it's good or bad. So there are some things in this book that I absolutely thought were wonderful. Uh, they, totally they totally were in line with things that i had seen elsewhere uh and yeah it was just it was condensed into this one book and beyond training is ultimately about uh training for sport and being healthy and it goes and it covers nutrition uh lifestyle habits obviously you're gonna see some like biohacking biohacks kind of weird wild shit in there but uh but it, it just hit home for me for a lot of things. It talks about, you know, uh, high intensity interval training, cold showers, uh, intermittent fasting, some more of those quote unquote fringe things. A high intensity interval training isn't fringe, but some of the other things are. Um, but yeah, it, it, it did some good for me. It talks about how somebody who has less time available to them might be able to get some decent results through different styles of training. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's a little experimental but it's still pretty good stuff. Totally. And yeah, that's, it's always good to, to test those out because like if you maximize everything else or if you feel like you're and you can get a little edge somewhere else, like why not try it? So it's good to have a resource like that of like figuring out like what else you can, you can do to become better at sport or better at just performance. Aye, aye. Aye, aye. You got any other honors? Honorables? Uh, nothing really worth noting. Um, couple All right. What's on your there. shelf? So many books. What's, uh, so many what's books. on your what waiting list? I just because I just finished that inside the marathon, so I just started reading a book called uh, "Why We Eat What We Eat," and it is it's really fascinating so far. So it kind of goes into the chemical reactions of what happens w- with the different tastes that we have and how different people respond because of their genetics, and um, just really helping us understand like eating from a science perspective so far. I, I don't know if it's going to get into an emotional part. I get like it's connected for sure. But right now, it's pretty it's pretty good. I'm 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 excited about it. What do you got going? Sweet, sweet. On my waiting list, I actually have uh, it's right up on the shelf by me. I just got Richard Diaz's book, Training the Dark Side. I'm just curious. I'm curious what he has to put in there. You know, I'm more of an endurance athlete, and I think that this is more focused towards high rocks. At least it says so right on the cover. But I'll be interested to see what's in there because, again, it's just some more information to uh, to have in the folder. And then on the other uh, – actually, I'll probably read this before that, and that is Run for Your Life by Dr. Mark Kukazella. I think I'm saying that uh-huh. right. Mm-hmm. I sent yeah, you a video of him a while ago. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested in what he you know, what he has, and that's a denser book. But I'm excited to try and speed read through it. I don't think there's too many pictures to so slow me down. Just skim it, go through it. Don't don't verbalize the words. Just visualize. <laughs> Dude, sweet. All right, our, our internet didn't cut out at all. Josh, where can we find you on the socials? On the socials is uh, J-A underscore S-H-U-A underscore R-I-E-D. And if you look just a few posts ago, maybe like in the second row, I have a list of books, many of which I did cover here in this podcast. So, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Rich, so, so we'll do, what you got? I did, I'm reinforced underscore running underscore Rich. I also made a post about some of my favorite resources. So what we should do, I'll share yours, you share mine, and that's how we'll per, we'll we'll – promote this podcast Ooh, all right already done just re just re 
redoing content. That's what I like. Um, sweet dude. All right. Well, I'll let you roll. Thanks for popping on. This was super fun. If you super enjoyed deluxe. it, hook us up with a five-star review. Uh, say something nice about us. If you'd like, it's fine. Whatever you want. All right, cool. Josh, I'll see you later. Peace.